engaged. You've picked the venue and you've secured the date. You're in that exciting, happy bubble of what shall the bridesmaids wear? Who are we putting on the top table? Stag do, UK or abroad? You've got an app to count down to the day. Paying deposits left, right and centre. And your biggest worry is probably, will Steve get stupidly drunk again? And is it going to rain? Then, COVID. I've heard stories of people now having postponed their big day three times, some even cancelling altogether, as they've just lost total confidence in the whole thing, as the numbers have gone up and down in terms of how many guests you can have. Some businesses in Oxfordshire have told me they are now struggling with the lockdown coming at their busiest time, of course. It's wedding season and they're worried about the future. So in this podcast, we're going to speak to a mix of people who work in the wedding industry in Oxfordshire, from planners to photographers to brides and grooms, and find out how they've been affected by the pandemic and what they think the future holds. First up, let's lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going to take you back to when Jack FM married NHS key workers Louise and Stefan live on Facebook. This was in the height of lockdown. We set up a virtual wedding on the day that their cancelled wedding would have taken place. Here's a little reminder. Jack's Morning Glory's virtual wedding of the year. A very warm welcome to friends and family of Louise and Stefan and, of course, everyone watching from all over the world on the Jack FM Facebook page. I'm Trev and he's Rich. Hello, everyone. We're so excited. Uh, look, we're thrilled uh, to make sure that Louise and Stefan have a smile on their face on what would have been their real wedding day. Now, Louise and Stefan have put themselves on the front line along with thousands of others across the country every day for the NHS. And this is a very small gesture of thanks that we are to celebrate their virtual wedding uh, with, of course, yourselves on Facebook Live right now and their friends and family in the Church of Zoom. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Jack FM's Church of Zoom. My name's Lynn Tierney. I'm an independent wedding celebrant, and I'm deeply honoured to be with you all today. Stefan, you might want to reposition your computer now so we can get two of you in, rather than just Jim and Liz. Hi, Lou! You look astounding. Make yourselves a little bit comfortable and just have yeah. a scan of all the faces that you'll be able to see later on the, on your screen. As so many people have joined in. So Thank we've got 36 people on the Zoom call, plus the hundreds of thousands of people now. watching on Jack FM. Waking up today, Louise should not have been taking her car for a service. She should not have been sharing breakfast with Stefan, but with her bride tribe. She should not have had to provide her own pampering session. She should not have been helped into her dress by the groom. No, but he's done an astounding job. So I'm Amy, I'm Louise's sister. Um, so just to set the scene, um, you'll have to imagine that I'm saying these words to the blissful tune of Come On Eileen, which is one of Louise's favourite <laughs> songs. <laughs> Poor old Stefan Frost. Sounded sad upon the radio. Moved a million hearts in his ambo. Oh, 
Come on, Louise. Oh, I swear what you mean. At this moment, you mean everything. You in that dress, all my thoughts, I confess. You're my hero. Oh, come on, Louise. <laughs> Louise and Stefan, remember that whatever difficulties you may have experienced, whatever life throws your way, today you've decided that your love is bigger than any of that and you've chosen this life together. You've supported me. You've pushed me to be the best I can be. You've put up with all my weird ways and you've shared your life with me. And for that reason, I promise to always be by your side. But perhaps most importantly, I promise to get you down the aisle for real when China stops trying to kill us and Trump puts his death hold down. You've kept me focused on the important things through all this. Our family, our friends, the ability to enjoy simple things like cooking together, playing board games, walking the dog. But for today, we can celebrate virtually because it is what it is, or as you say, a hedge is a hedge. I love you and I can't wait to be your wife. You're my rock. Louise, with this ring, I thee wed. Louise, with this ring, I thee wed. <laughs> with this fried egg, I give you sustenance. With this fried egg, I give you sustenance. With this crocodile, I promise you adventure. With this crocodile, I promise you adventure. <laughs> And today and for always, I give you my heart. And today and for always, I give you my heart. Stefan, with this ring, I thee wed. Stefan, with this ring, I thee wed. <laughs> with this dummy, I give you comfort. With this dummy, I give you comfort. With these cherries, I promise you a fruitful life. With these cherries, I promise you a fruitful life. And today and always, I give you my heart. And today and always, I give you my heart. I there you it. go. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> You're snacking now. Is that the canapes? Yep. <laughs> so now we've witnessed the virtual wedding vows, the hand fasting, and the exchange of Haribo rings. And it is my great pleasure to announce that Stefano Louise, that's virtually it. Today, you've been virtually joined together as husband and wife, and you could seal that with a virtual kiss. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Now, there is one more surprise from Jack's Morning Glory that we want to give you. Of course, right now, uh, we're going to sort of fast forward to the reception of the virtual wedding of the year. And it is now time to, of course, for you to have your first dance. Now... Yeah. We, you chose a song uh, that is a beautiful song, and, and we got to work on bringing in somebody who can sing uh, that song live for you now. Please welcome from Codeline, it is Steve Garrigan. <laughs> who is going to perform the one for you in your living room in Abingdon right now, <laughs> live from Ireland. Steve Garrigan. Hi, Steve. How's it going? <laughs> Amazing. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. <laughs> so amazing. It really was an awesome thing to watch on Facebook as well. Now, that was back in April. So much has changed since then. 
And now we're going to have a quick catch up with Louise to see how things have been since and what their plans are for officially getting married. Obviously, we've been following the news, um, you know, religiously, like probably everyone else has um, with regards to everything, but for us, obviously, specifically to what we can um what we can do um and uh we had rearranged for october um at our venue and then the rule changed to the 30 um we had two dates kind of the october and january and with the rule of 30 at our venue it holds quite a considerable amount more uh people holds 250 people so we just felt that we weren't going to uh, have 30 there um so we've rescheduled again and we are hopefully <laughs> if life remains as it is with the rule of 15 now um we're going to be getting married um in oxford town hall on the 3rd of november so four, just over four weeks away um obviously oh, i don't know we, we try not to get our hopes up because every time you feel like you're getting a little bit closer to it you know, the Rule 15 um, happened only a couple of weeks ago, and that was kind of a bit out of the blue for everyone. Weddings weren't, like, really being featured. I know they were talking about hospitality, but they hadn't really said that weddings were going to be changed again, so that sort of shocked us a little bit. But we thought, do you know what? We just really want to, you know, be husband and wife now, and actually just it's causing quite, it just causes quite a lot of stress having it sort of hang over you, and that's the vibe I've got from other couples who are going through the same. It's just this thing that's you know, should have been done and should have been happy. And it's just, you know, you then start thinking, well, what am I getting married for? And actually we're getting married because we want to be husband and wife and we want to be married. And, you know, you, you dream about what you think you want to have to happen. You don't envisage a pandemic amongst that. Um, and it just really sort of breaks down actually what you're doing it for. And that is for me and Stefan to be together. You know, it's made us realise like how sort of deeply we love each other. The latest guidance, of course, is that no more than 15 people can legally attend a marriage or civil partnership. And you're going to hear now from Lynn Tierney. She lives in Whitney and she was the celebrant you heard earlier who virtually married Louise and Stefan for us. Lynn told me how difficult this year has been for her. Writing people's and, and presenting people's wedding ceremonies, that's not an easy thing to actually diversify. You know, that's what I do. Uh, there were no other ceremonies taking place that I could say, OK, I can't do weddings at the moment, but I can do something else. I'm not a funeral celebrant, so I haven't been inundated with work like some of my funeral celebrant co colleagues have been. So really, um, the work just dried up completely. So I went from having 18 weddings booked and you say, you know, you're coming into your busiest period. That That is the wedding season, you know, March to September, October is the wedding season so if you've missed those six months you've missed your whole year basically yeah so I had 18 weddings booked for the year two of them happened before lockdown which was really lucky the others have not happened at all so in terms of income that means I've taken something like 10% of my estimated income this year so a 90% drop in income does that make you nervous? Have you got a sort of backup plan? Uh, yeah, it does make me nervous because although everyone from April onwards has not yet contacted me to say we think we might have to postpone again, with the guidelines, the last lot of guidelines and restrictions coming out saying and expect that to be for the next six months, 
I know a lot of colleagues who had couples who had postponed from earlier in the year to the winter months. They've now come and said, well, no, we'll postpone again because we can't get it down to 15. And we're worrying about that, the early part, you know, your March, April, May weddings next year. People are already, I mean, I belong to a number of wedding, Facebook, social media pages and the number of brides on there who are saying, you know, my wedding's July 2021, but I'm thinking now I might postpone till 2022. So, yeah, it's a worry that actually 2021 could get virtually wiped out as well. On social media, as wedding uh, suppliers, we, we kind of try to encourage people to think, you know, you can have a small wedding now and then have a big celebration another time. Do you know what? That's going to be double the cost for the couple. So... <laughs> why would why would they go for that i mean it it can work mm -hmm. and if you if you have got a couple who think right the really important like the couple that i i did the wedding for a couple of weeks ago who think the really important thing is that we exchange our vows in front of our very closest family um then they'll go for it but but most people don't want that for you then in terms of the rules because as, as we said sort of six months time so maybe march time we're looking at the you know the numbers might go back up it might not it might go just to 30. what's for you with the guidelines at the moment what's the good what's the bad what do you think needs to happen i think we need to have it clearly explained to us as an industry why we're being treated like you know what's the science behind it's okay to have a ceremony for 15 people but not for 30 now you get people saying so we can't have a we can't have a reception for our family but we can go and sit in a pub with a hundred strangers mm -hmm. people cannot comprehend why weddings are being singled out and it's it's just it's just too difficult to understand yeah. it's just not been explained clearly enough yeah. and and you can say things like well it's because at a wedding ceremony people want to hug each other and you haven't seen each other for a while and da 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 da, da and all and all that kind of thing but actually, if you've got 30 people from the same family, it's much easier to actually say to those people, I know you all want to hug us, but you can't. And when but you look at those scenes of people coming out of pubs at 10 o'clock at night, they aren't not hugging each other. They're not members of the own, their own families. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, that, that, that's, when, that's when people get more and more frustrated. So it's it's about the the really bad thing is not having it explained clearly enough as to why why weddings are being targeted like that if we were to be consulted more and and you know it was kind of put out there okay so if we if we could get it up to 50 what could the wedding industry do to make sure that that was still safe but we haven't even been asked and that's what we want that's what we want we want that roadmap that roadmap of how are we going to get out of here? How, by March next year, really, could we work together with the government to say, OK, we think we can safely put numbers up to 50 if we put these things yeah. in place. Now, an Oxfordshire couple who got engaged five years ago and had to postpone their wedding because of the pandemic are finally getting married this weekend. Anya and Tommy have three children together and they'll tie the knot at their local church in Wantage on Saturday. Anya's been speaking to Emma Kerwin from News about the changes they've had to make. I was really stressed, um, I was upset. It was really, really stressful trying to 
we had to get in touch with all our suppliers, trying to rearrange everything. Yeah, it was sad. We set reset our date straight away to October 10th, and we thought that everything would be back to normal by then. Um, I think quite a lot of people did. Um, but yeah, as time went on, obviously, we haven't got back to normal, normal. It's been hard. It's been a real struggle. Has the guest list been slashed from quite a lot? Or? Yeah, so we started with, we had 80 daytime guests in May. Um, and then we took it down to 30 and then just like two, three weeks ago, they changed it to 15. So we've had to slash our numbers in half again, but we're quite lucky because our immediate family does just come to 15. So at least we've got those people there. What made you actually want to still stick with this deer? Um, because we've been together for so long and we've been engaged for five years, um, and we just want to be married now. So Yeah. It just feels like it's just a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a chat with quite a few people as well who've been in a similar situation, had to cancel, move things about. So how are you feeling? It is obviously on Saturday. Yeah. Um, really excited now. So, yeah, we've gone through all the emotions of being sad and now we're just really excited. Yeah, just really happy that we are actually getting married. Yeah. And what other things have you had to put in place? So, obviously, cutting our numbers back down to 15... All our guests need to wear masks in the church, but the bride and groom don't. So, I mean, that's a positive for us. And we had to change our, we had to cancel our reception. Obviously, you can't have a party. We had about four friends that get married or two have already got married um, just recently, but they managed to have the 30 guests. And then I've got two more friends um, due to get married in November and they're doing the same as us. So. And how have they all felt about it? Yeah, upset. Um, one friend even had even more guests than us, um, an even bigger wedding than what our original one was planned. And yeah, she'd been just as good as me, but it's been really nice that we've sort of had been in it together. So we sort of supported each other throughout. I think it's just, it's just gutting for people that, that have spent loads of money for one and all their time and effort that's gone into planning their like dream days. It's just really, really gutting for everybody. It's, it's really sad, actually, yeah. And the people that have rearranged, like, cancelled completely this year and they're trying to do their day again next year and they still don't know what's going to happen next year. Nobody does, so it's just the unknown, isn't it? And what about a honeymoon, things like that? Yeah, we haven't got a honeymoon. <laughs> we would like to book somewhere for next year, but obviously still it's the unknown, so... Lovely. And maybe have, a, like, a family holiday. <laughs> All the best to Anya and Tommy for their big day. Well, not as big as they'd originally planned, of course, but very special nonetheless. So now wedding celebrations can only take place at COVID secure venues, of course, which means they're going to look and feel radically different for the rest of this year, at least. But how is all of that impacting on Oxfordshire's venues? Let's find out. So my name's Bailey Ely and I am the event manager and um, run the management company for Kingston Bagpuse House. We've been incredibly lucky that actually all of our couples that were meant to get married this year are fantastic and they've all taken these changes in their stride. Um, so that's been kind of a really positive thing for us that everybody has moved and is very understanding. Um, however, from a business perspective, you can't run a wedding venue and not have any weddings. Um, so there's been some... There's been some really kind of stressful days and then you stand there through the whole of summer and it's been gorgeous weather on nearly every um, possible wedding day and you just, it's, it's been a little bit desperate, but we're, um, we're staying positive. Financially, how are things looking for you and what does the future have in store, I suppose? 
So we've had to be very sensible and we've been very frugal the last few months. Um, we've also tried to kind of take the positives from it. So we've tried to do some improvements around the site that we've maybe not had chance to do before. Um, but from a business sense, you know, it's been really, really dire and very difficult. And it must just be heartbreaking for your couples that were wanting to get married and for yourselves to have to keep postponing and moving dates. People that wanted to have the big wedding they've always dreamed of now either choosing between having a very small scale wedding or just having to postpone and more than once for some couples as well. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got a couple of couples that are kind of on their third postponement at this point. And as much as you, as much as you kind of want to remind everybody that the the big party around getting married isn't why you're getting married unfortunately that is that's such a great part of the day you know getting huge families and friends together to celebrate and actually have something really positive um so the fact that you know they've gone from a ridiculous 30 to an even more ludicrous 15 is utterly heartbreaking and even more frustrating when actually wedding guests are the easiest people to track and trace because we know absolutely everybody on site at all times um so it's been um the new restrictions really have been a bigger kick in the teeth than i think the government had taken into consideration um and 15 really isn't enough for the majority of our couples so what would you like to see happening now what would your kind of message to boris johnson and the government be about this They've basically left us out to dry um, is, again, heartbreaking and really it's more than frustrating now. I mean, I know that there are a lot of wedding suppliers and venue managers and venue owners that are just really angry um, and they're angry on behalf of their couples. They're angry on behalf of themselves. Weddings are, as much as, you know, as a great venue manager, we can make it less stressful. Weddings are stressful and they make you make more emotional decisions than you have to for any other decision in life. You know, you can be very pragmatic with lots of decisions in life. Weddings are hugely sentimental, emotional um, events. And then to basically give no clarity, no hope is, utterly ludicrous and I've had so many couples that have just been distraught you know that we've really had to help through this and it's utterly unfair all of our couples are still really hopeful and when we do get round to throwing these fantastic weddings they will be the best day that everybody has been waiting for we just can't wait for them to start again One venue in Oxford which is going the extra mile to make sure weddings are still just as special is the Ashmolean Yes, if you didn't already know, that public museum in Oxford, which is full of history and tons of art and ancient stuff, is also a beautiful wedding venue. My name's Wendy Ball and I'm the Head of Events, Catering and Corporate Relations here at the Ashmolean Museum. You've walked into the European Art Gallery and it's surrounded by uh, red fabric-coloured walls, opulent drapes and incredible statues and incredible artwork and it actually invokes the um, idea that you're in an Italian palace or in an English country home so it's an absolutely beautiful place for somebody to come and call their own for the uh, period of their wedding ceremony. Talk to me about pre-pandemic what would this space look like when it was sort of done up for a wedding and how busy would it be? Absolutely. So in this particular gallery, although you can get married in any of the galleries within the museum, but in the one that we're standing in at the moment, we would have had weddings that normally catered for around about 80 to 100 people. 
that was cosy. Um, ideally, we'd probably be looking at less than that, but we could certainly take that capacity pre-COVID. Um, now that we're in the situation where we can uh, only cater for 15 guests, actually, the space is intimate enough that it feels special and it feels um, safe and secure and you certainly don't feel like you're rattling around but you do feel nice and safe. Um, the other thing to mention about being in this space as well and whilst you can't see it um, we have got virtual tours on the on the website you can have a look at but you're also surrounded by some fantastically socially distant guests who are not even on your list. We've got three popes, we've got um, a Greek hero on the wall and we've got a bit of nobility going on in the background so you've got some really special guests to join you as well. So filling some spaces making it still feel busy but have you had weddings already then since the numbers dropped because obviously we had 30 at one point but it's 15 at the moment have you been doing some weddings with that number? Absolutely so we were very fortunate and with our first couple that came back to us to have a Covid secure wedding we were able to have 30 with them because that was in August before the numbers were then um, brought down to 15. Um, we haven't had a 15 yet, but we have got one uh, booked this month and one for next month. Um, and the lovely thing about those is that the couples are really keen to tie the knot. They're really excited to have their ceremony and to legally become a couple, um, or become husband and wife. And what's also really lovely about it is they've been able to throw some of the traditions out the window. So they have, one, invited the people that are really special to them, that they really, really super want to be here. They've also looked at the timings so rather than necessarily doing something at a traditional three o'clock in the afternoon, they can have it at any time of the day. So we've got some couples that are looking at really early morning weddings. We've got some couples that are looking at getting married on a Tuesday or a Wednesday because that suits their guests. Mm-hmm. And we're also able to then take them up to the rooftop restaurant for an afternoon tea. So there's so much more variety. And I think it's allowed people to be a lot more creative with their own days. I think about weddings and I think of wedding favours. And sometimes people put things out for their guests like flip-flops for the dance floor and that sort of thing. But you actually mentioned one thing... Um, Um, which was maybe face masks. Is that something that you've seen people doing, actually handing those out? Yes, absolutely. Now that face coverings are essential for all ceremonies, it's really important that everybody wears them. And what better way to give your friends memento of the day, and particularly that it's very strange times that, you know, we need to observe, um, than giving them something that they can take away that's special to them. And in fact, we've gone one step further and we can offer our couples um, some Ashmolean uh, face masks and hand sanitizer to make them feel extra special and extra safe on the day. You sound so positive and upbeat about everything that's happening and it, it sounds like as a venue you've really kind of taken it in your stride but there must have been challenges, it must have been really tough at times. Absolutely, actually the hospitality industry has been really badly hit by Covid, many industries have but events in particular are suffering and with the reduction again in weddings down to 15 from 30 it's not just the venues that are suffering it's the photographers, it's the wedding planners, it's the hospitality companies, it's all of the people that work in the industry that are so passionate about the industry that currently, because of the uncertainty, just don't know what the next six months is going to bring. And do you think in future, as people get engaged and start to plan weddings, do you think they'll just straight away sort of forget the sort of 80, 90, 100 people guest list that a lot of people dream of, I suppose, at their weddings, and just start small in the beginning? It gives us all a great opportunity, really, I think, to start with the people we really 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 want to be there Um, so I think it gives people a different way of looking at it so rather than saying there's a venue that takes 100 people we need to fill it it's more a case of saying who do we really want to celebrate our special day with us in person 
The other wonderful thing that we can do and that many venues can now do is offer a live streaming as well so that actually even if people are either too vulnerable to travel or are overseas and unable to travel or that simply the venue can't accommodate in terms of capacity, you've got some fantastic you know, um, live streaming and video platforms now that can be used to make you feel as though you're celebrating in part of the big day. Oh, that's so important at the moment, isn't it? When people are trying to fly in guests from all different parts of the world and you know at, at the drop of a hat obviously you you might not be able to fly or we might have to quarantine so I'm guessing that's been quite popular already yes it has um, we did indeed uh, the first wedding that we had um, uh, post-covid back in August we did have um, a couple whose family were coming over from the states and they had to come over and quarantine for two weeks before the wedding so that shows the dedication um, and I think a lot of people they they a wedding is such a celebration of life and such a celebration at a time when there is so much uncertainty I think people really like to hang on to the fact that there's something really positive happening and want to really make that day special for the couple and will therefore go 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 all out to try and make that happen. Wendy Ball there who's head of venue hire at the Ashmolean in Oxford. Of course many wedding suppliers and businesses have lost significant sums of money throughout 2020. For brides and grooms there's been the issue of trying to rebook venues and photographers and florists Mark Ryson from Starstream Studios in Oxford told me he thought it was important that his couples didn't suffer any more by losing their deposits. In January, we're getting excited because our year is about to start. We're doing some wedding affairs. You know, we've got 20 to 30 weddings lined up for the year. And um, it really is, you're getting excited. There's that nervous energy starting. It's brilliant. And then COVID kind of wants into the situation. And it was quite literally someone turning the light off it was overnight instantaneous this is a huge problem and completely destroyed the year I mean and not just for me but everyone in the wedding industry and everyone around the world everything changed overnight it was frightening and the fact is that here we are in September nearly in October we don't seem to be getting any further. In fact, it looks like we're going to be getting into a worse situation as we progress into the winter months. And that's affecting next year already. And that's a real worry. How's it been for you to also cope with the constant changes to the rules? The numbers dropping really low, going back up again, coming back down. You can't plan for anything, can you? You can't plan for anything. You're quite literally at the will of the government. And I have many chats most days to a lot of the event industry people in Oxford and everyone just sort of it starts to shake their head after a while. I mean, it's just the nature of how things do change. Boris can stand up there and suddenly drop things from 30 people to 15. And this is going to be effective. That's from midnight. Well, you know... This changes everything. Venues are struggling to keep up with how things are going. Brides are, you know, they're so stressed. And I get this and I chat to all my clients who have signed up with me. And I say, listen, we will get through this together. And we just have to go with what the law says, even though it's a complete and utter shambles at times. All businesses affected. Obviously, we know that at the moment. But for you, you're working with people. This is such a... Weddings are such personal things. They're things that people have saved a lot of money for, waited a lot of time for, and it's just such a big event in someone's life. So how does it feel to have to work with all these couples that are just feeling, like you say, stressed, but also just emotionally? It must take a massive toll on them. Absolutely. The thing about weddings, and from a wedding photographer's point of view, is 
we are literally their shadow on the day. And so the, the big thing about, even when right back when I set up Starstream and I knew I, I was really gonna push this side of the business, my big thing was I will work so closely with the clients, so much so we meet two or three times before the wedding. We really get to know them so that on the day, there's no ice to be broken, we are there with them. And so you have that journey with them. And through this whole build-up through COVID, that journey still remains. We're still very, very close with them because we know some of them have spent up to thirty to forty thousand pounds. These are huge amounts of money, and weddings are—they're not just put together and thrown together for next week. These are like three, four years planning. Some of them, you know, that's that's probably on the outside of things, but it's not unrealistic to think that some of the huger weddings do start, they start planning, they say every girl starts planning a wedding when she's 16 regardless. <laughs> and so that inside so many people's heads is where that emotional journey runs from. For you personally as well, because you seem like a very positive person, but ha has this had an impact on you emotionally, physically? You know, have there <clears> been times where you've worried about the future? Absolutely. The emotional effect on us is huge because, I mean, I'm possibly in a better position than most, but I know a lot of businesses, especially the sole but older businesses, who are not earning any money and they're going to go best. And they've still got bills to pay, mortgages to pay. People assume everything comes very, very cheap, but it's not. We spend a lot of money on camera equipment, insurances, public liability insurances. We've had to kind of still keep on paying these, really, um, because, you know, it, that affects where we stand. And so emotionally, yeah, there is a huge stress. There's a huge stress on everybody. But I try to keep an upbeat kind of mentality, and I've done that through networking, I have to be honest, um, and bringing, working with other businesses. And actually, together we are strong. And the one thing I did say right back in, I think it was April, at one particular network meeting was, we have a choice now. We can either fall back and fade into the distance, or we can try five times harder. And you quite literally have to. You mentioned earlier as well about how you were sort of transforming your business. You've changed a little bit in terms of what you do. No, absolutely. Um, case of having to. Um, for me personally, I did have to step outside my comfort zone a little because I, I basically, you know, in the last few years, I've just stuck with weddings because that's where I'm happy and I love doing weddings. I love working with people on that level. But ever since this has happened, we've moved into... And this was a big move for me to filming funerals and creating memorial videos for people, um, which took a little bit of my brain to get my head around because it was a very, very different subject matter. Um, Did you know even that there was sort of a market for it before? Um, not until I was asked to do it. And then I suddenly thought, well, this is interesting. And, and again, I was kind of wrestling with my, with my conscience because I really had a hard time having to charge someone to do something on the worst day of their possible life. But having spoken to a lot of um, amazing kind of funeral directors who I've been working for, you know, they assure me that you know, but you're creating something beautiful for them. Mark Rice in there from Starstream Studios. And finally, we head from photography to one of the most important parts of a good wedding, I think anyway, which is the food. With all the worries and stresses of couples deciding to scale things down to a bit of a micro-wedding, at least you can still make it special and luxurious for your closest friends and family. That's what Sue Randall, the Managing Director of Oxford Fine Dining, reckons anyway. We are um, the wedding caterer at the Bodleian Library. Uh, we also cater for weddings at the Natural History Museum. Most of the main sort of university buildings, we do um, things in colleges as well. But obviously at the moment it's all very quiet. But those sorts of places are just lovely backdrops for this kind of food, aren't they? 
Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's amazing. Um, some of the places that we've been able to go and cater, and when we get, particularly when we go into the colleges, they're like little tardises. You go through the one, and they just, and then there's just so many different places that we haven't seen. Um, and it just Oxford is a beautiful place to get married. Yes. The difficult thing initially was, uh, particularly for our wedding and events planner who was dealing with most of it, was dealing with the upset of the brides and grooms, um, having to look at dates, juggling dates around. Uh, initially, obviously, we, we thought it was only going to be a few months, so uh, we've had the added issue now that some people moved from April to, say, October, and now they're having to go through the trauma again of, of moving um, to next year. So probably the first two or three months was very much just very negative, having to support the brides and grooms and, and looking at dates and transferring all the business. And, and then as, a, as an owner of a business, seeing all that revenue, knowing that, that what was coming in is, is disappearing until next year, and will we make it till next year? And when this all sort of first happened back in March, did you straight away decide that you knew people were going to be phoning you and cancelling or postponing? Did you decide that you were you were going to make sure that they would not lose any money and, you know, you'd move them along without charging any extra and that sort of thing? I think initially we were feeling our way a bit. Uh, those that were transferring to next year, uh, it was obvious that we would just transfer the, their deposit. Some people that wanted to cancel when, uh, for say October, um, then we, we were talking with them and discussing about sort of sharing the loss because obviously as a business it wasn't our fault either. Um, and when, you know, we would be thinking that October would be going ahead, if people were saying, no, I want to cancel, then we were saying, look, well, we'll split the difference. Um, now we have a very different view and anyone that's booking, it is a case of, look, you know, yes, please give us the deposit, but it, on the understanding that actually if, if COVID continues for a, a, a length of time, then we would refund that deposit back and, and only covering any costs that we may have lost on that way. And have you catered for any weddings yet that are 15 or 30? Have you sort of done any during this, the last few months while the numbers have dropped? Yes, so when we did two at the end of August, um, both which were for the 30, and then we did have another 30 planned, um, but unfortunately that we had to do that for then 15. But you know, we, we understand um, that it's very, very difficult for the brides and grooms, and we're doing everything we can to make sure that they can still have their wedding. Can you kind of paint a picture, if you can, on what weddings look like now in terms of how it's different for your staff catering for them? I think actually surprisingly for, you know, apart from us being in our face masks and the guests are slightly spread out, but because they can be in their family bubbles, then it's only them that are spread out. Um, I think the difference is if the, the last wedding that we did is that the team was made up of the wedding and events planner and myself and our finance director were the waitresses. I see. So, you know, not something I would normally do in this, but so it's, it's back to the floor because it's, you know, it's the only cost effective way that we can make it work for us. Did you use the furlough scheme? Yes, the furlough scheme was, was fantastic for us um, and it meant that we, we only had to lose uh, one member of staff. There just was no work for them and we couldn't realistically see how that position was going to be viable at the end of the period. Um, and we wanted to work, you know, within the way that the furlough scheme was intended. Uh, so yes, it has been a, a real game changer for us. The good thing by the sounds of it for you guys was that straight away you seemed to move into this delivery service, didn't you, where you were providing meals for the NHS and the Jenner Institute, which you're still doing, aren't you? Yes, we're still doing the Jenner Institute. The NHS meals, we did um, just over 7,000 in total. We we um, mobilised that literally within two days of the masking uh, at the end of March and that finished at the end of June. 
and say we're still continuing to do the Jenner Institute. And to be honest, that for us as a company, that's been a, a life change, you know, lifesaver. Sorry, um, it's meant that we've been able to have a chef in. It's meant that we haven't sort of had to shut the business down. We've been able to continue. Um, it's been motiva- motivational for the team. Uh, to be coming in and doing something that's that's worthwhile, and it means that our kitchens are open, so it has picked up, made that allowed us, sorry, to pick up other bits of business that we wouldn't necessarily have done if we were if we were shut. And what would you say in terms of the wedding side of the business? What would you say has been the biggest challenge about the whole coronavirus pandemic? I think just the fact that we can't do them. Um, you know, our businesses, weddings. That's you know not just weddings, but obviously catering. And the fact is. You know, it's very difficult for us to cater and, and with the numbers changing, you know, we are ready to serve, you know, we can do it all in a COVID safe way. So that's no problem. We just need to be able to, to serve the people. So the biggest theme through all of this seems to be uncertainty. Uncertainty for caterers, hairstylists, florists and makeup artists about when the numbers will go up and when they might start getting all those lost bookings back. Uncertainty around the government guidelines as well as they've changed so many times since the pandemic hit. And of course uncertainty for couples who are tying the knot and they don't know whether they should postpone, cancel or just be brutal with those guest lists and whittle it down to their favourite 15. But like Wendy from the Ashmolean suggested, maybe all this will mean that weddings will simply become even more personalised in future. With smaller guest lists with just the people that you are closest to. Ultimately, love will triumph, and here's hoping the industry will bounce back bigger than ever next year.